0: yo what's up welcome to episode nine of throwback hoops my name is rob clayton and joining me as always is my main man woody v woody how's it going
1: Robbie, my brother you know i love coming on tbh and you know chopping it up with you every week my man but Today is extra special, and, and I gotta admit, I'm I'm a little starstruck. I mean, little starstruck. <laughs> Good to
0: hear, mate. Well, yeah, that's um. I must just sort of introduce. We've got a very very special guest on the show today, basketball royalty in Australia, and he's covered the game since 1974, and was there for the NBL's first season in 1979. I would like to give a very warm welcome to Body Nodge.
2: Thank you very much, fellas. It's a real pleasure to be here on another new and innovative podcast. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. I'm happy to talk about a whole cross-section of that 43-odd years, long, no. though, long though they may be. I'm, I might have to go lie down.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, I really
0: appreciate you coming on, body, And, yeah, look, obviously, as we sort of told you, you know, we've been big sort of admirers of you over the years of your work and everything else like that so to be able to get a chance to sort of talk about the game that we all love is is a real honor for us and yeah again we really appreciate you coming on so um look just uh just before we sort of get into it guys um just a reminder to you know if you are watching the video on youtube make sure you hit the subscribe button um and also if you're listening to the audio podcast we're available on all the, the podcast catches there make sure you sort of go in and, and hit the download and subscribe buttons there so all right, so look, I guess, um, body. We wanted to sort of see. We, we know sort of we sort of like to wear a jersey on the episodes here, and we we know you've got something pretty cool to wear today. It's not a jersey, but it's something very retro. So yeah, why don't you tell us what you what you sort of got on there today?
2: This this is the old Newcastle Falcons, one of the clubs I'd love to see restored to the L sometime in the future, being one of the original clubs that um, made up the league, and a lot of players that came through that program. I was, I was a big fan of people like Sean Dennis, um, Michael Johnson, one of the great shooters of all time. Then Ian Davies was there too, actually. So they had a wealth of great shooters across their journey. Wayne McDaniel, Ian Rabilliard, You know, there's great names that came through that program and, and Dr. John Rashke, who started the NBL, he was from there as well. So, yeah, I thought it's totally appropriate to wear this today.
0: What are you guys? What, what no, are you wearing? We, we like that exactly. Well, Woods, why don't you sort of show us what, what you're yeah. sort of wearing today? I know we've gone the NBL theme today with the jerseys. What do you got, mate?
1: Definitely, definitely. And I'm sure my, my my Sydney King Ice Burton was there for one year, right, buddy? In, in Newcastle. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right. Hey, so,
3: so today
0: I've gone right. with beautiful. Yeah, Woody's uh, modeling a bit of a, a Mario Donaldson uh, white <laughs> Sydney Kings jersey there from the the mid '90s. That's a that's a classic jersey. Yeah. That one, Woods. I'll, I'm liking that one.
1: Actually, yeah, uh, one of my favorite jerseys, Super Mario, you know, with his golden tooth, guys. Yeah. You know, uh, I love the yeah. swag I love the swagger he played with. You know, well before his time, he could play multiple positions. Uh, in, in today's NBL, his game would translate well. And when the chief Ken oh, McClary and Dwayne the D Train McLean both left the Kings, the the people of of the Harbor City needed something to be excited about. And we got lucky. We got Leon Trimingham and uh, Mario uh-huh. Donaldson and and Ice Burton, as I said. Earlier uh, and now most people were on the Trimmingham train, but I instantly fell in love with with Mario. Um, as you know, Rob, my dad and I told you yesterday, Robbie, when we chatted, that uh, he used to take me to the Entertainment Center all the time, and I watched him live so many times at the Kingdom. And um, you a know, super nice guy, did a lot of good work throughout the Sydney community. Um, and I know you got an NBL All Star jersey behind you there, RC, uh, which you will speak about later, I'm sure. But uh, mm-hmm. I, I might as well mention that. NBL dunk contest in 1994 at the All-Star Weekend, which featured Mario Donaldson, Leon Trimingham, Calvin Telford, and the eventual winner, Brett Rainbow. And uh, I'm sure, Robbie uh, and, and Body, you, you'll remember that fondly, right? So,
0: well, I can definitely comment cool. on that because I was at that All-Star Weekend. I know uh, you are. <laughs> Brett Rainbow was a great dunker, but he was absolutely robbed in that dunk by a celebrity, um, I think, judge by the name of L. McFeast. Um, so that's going back a little way there. Calvin Telford should have won that. I'm gonna take that to, to the grave there, but look, that was a good all star weekend. Um, were you at that one, buddy? No, I
2: wasn't, but I, I was watching it because I remember uh, seeing it play out and wondered. I actually wondered who Brett Rainbow was at the time. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't right. really a big part of the Melbourne Tigers roster. Obviously, he was a great dunker from within their program, yeah. but yeah, in game dunkers like, like Calvin Telford, I saw him throw some. Sound- Throw down some absolute rippers in game, and of course, Trimingham was famous for it. He just when he played in Adelaide, they just threw it up anywhere near the ring, anywhere near the square, and he would come flying in and throw it down. He was quite the freak when he was airborne.
1: He was amazing
0: to watch. He was, and I seem to remember Tony Ronaldson might have been the All Star um, Game MVP for that one. There, he just pretty much shot it every time he got it. So good on the Bear for that <laughs> the bear, one.
1: So. Right, and <laughs> I'll tell you something, man. Like uh, I found it hard to to. To see what Mario Donaldson is doing today, guys, you know, I had to really dig deep into the internet, but he's a law enforcement officer in Rockford, Illinois, last I heard assistant oh. sheriff. And if I'm not mistaken, um, uh, he's still involved in coaching at grassroots level. Um, And just one of my favorite coll- jerseys in my collection, boys. So yeah. That's I've some been good investigating
0: there as well, Woods. I like that. Getting on the dark web yes. and finding out all that stuff. I like Thank it. you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, all right. as you mentioned, I do have a, a, an All-Star jersey hanging up today. Look, I've got some pretty obscure jerseys. That's probably right up there, that one. Um, so, look, it's a 2012 South All-Stars uh, jersey. So that was actually the last All-Star game that they had, which is – Kind of a shame, right? I think it's something that I'd love to see come back. So that was in, in Body's hometown of Adelaide there. Um, what's even more obscure about that one? It's a Kevin Lish jersey. Of course it is. Me being the Wildcats man, I am. Kevin Lish didn't even play in the game, so how's that going? So he was actually um, he's actually <laughs> injured, and he didn't even end up playing. So that's what probably makes that one even more strange. How'd you there. get that so, one, man? I don't even know. I was thinking about that today. It's I was even thinking it was like a player cut type one. Like it maybe might have been a player issued jersey or something because it's a very strange sort of length to it there. So yeah, who knows? It might be some, might be sitting on some gold with that one there. But um, look, in terms of the one I'm wearing today, um, I wanted to sort of honor someone that you know I love and a bit of a, a Wildcats and MDL legend there. So I just give you a bit of a bit of a look on what i'm wearing today
1: so for all the viewers that can't see and are listening to the podcast it is James Harvey, number 33, also a great Sydney King. Let me say, let me say, also a Sydney <clears throat> King. Finished his career at the Kings. He so. did. So it's a sign, James yeah. Harvey,
0: this one. I like this one in, yeah. um, especially. So yeah, look, like just a, I guess just a, a little bit on, on James Harvey there. So, um, yeah, he played for the Wildcats for six years, um, from 98 to 2004. He won a championship in 2000. And then, as you sort of mentioned before, Woods, he actually had a, a pretty sort of good career after that. He played with West Sydney. Um, he yep. went to the Gold Coast where he was he was in very good form there. I think he had a couple of all NBA all NBL selections with Gold Coast. Yep. And then he finished up with Sydney yep. in, in twenty fourteen. So um he also look obviously had a pretty good um sort of career with Australia with the boomers there. So yeah, James Harvey, not a name I've sort of, you know, seen around for a while there, but I just wanted to sort of I guess sort of represent him today anyway. So All right, well, that's good. So, look, just wanted to confirm with today's episode. um, So, look, we're just going to obviously be having a a chat with Body. We can't wait to sort of, you know, pick Body's brain and sort of get a couple of stories from him there, just about some of the the things he's seen over the years. Um, We've got a little bit of MBA talk there. Um, we're definitely going to go the Aussies in the NBA um, segment that we know some people enjoy. And of course, we're going to do classic packs. Um, look, the feedback for classic packs just continues to sort of come in and, and is really sort of pleasing there. I'm looking forward to that. What is that one, Woods? A 1990? 1991 90, 90, hoops pack. So. Very nice. I'm looking forward to see what we've got in there, see if we get any gold, right? Good stuff. Word, word. All right. So, look, we might just sort of get straight uh, straight into things with Body there. So, look, Body, I just wanted to sort of see if you could sort of, I guess, tell the audience a little bit about yourself and, you know, sort of what sort of got you into the game of basketball all those years ago.
2: I really didn't have a, a great deal of option because um, coming from an ethnic family, a large family, uh, eight kids, um, seven boys, one one girl, and. Pretty much all by one person in the family uh, played basketball because uh, the, the communities at that time the ethnic communities would, would gather and you know, they are all displaced from Europe, and the, one of the ways they they gathered was through sport another way was through uh, folk dancing and those sorts of things like the communities tried to stay together within within their new cities so um, there was a, a coach by the name of Loise Ugadi, who was a, who started the Budapest basketball Club named after the capital of Hungary so every Hungarian in Adelaide was sort of drawn towards that that particular team. And I had brothers that were all in the six foot two, six foot three, six foot four height range, which in the 60s was pretty big. Mm-hmm. Um, like my brother was was the one that was six foot four. He was a centre and he, he was a very good centre, but six foot four now, he'd probably be bringing the ball up before. Mm-hmm. So things changed, but that's how we were sort of co-opted in because of our, uh, the Hungarian community. And then because my brothers became quite well known in the 60s in Adelaide as as, as the Nodge brothers. They were very successful. Uh, Willacock medals, which is the medal for the fairest and most brilliant player here, uh, that sort of thing. Uh, Australian representation state teams all, all the time. They, they were very, very prominent players. And my sister was the youngest winner of the Halls medal back in 1966. She was 15 when she won the medal as the best player in the women's comp. She was also really good. It's funny because she won the... The Nodge brothers were famous, but it was the Nodge sister that was the first one to actually win anything in terms of individual accolades. So drawn into the game through that, drawn into writing by the fact that one of my brothers, uh, I'm, the, I'm the youngest, so when I refer to my brothers, everybody's older than me. Um, he, he was very ill with a lung um, problem as a, as a kid. And so when I was just a toddler, I used to be left with him while he was in hospital keeping him company. He, he was a... a a voracious reader and he would read to me all the time and he would show me words this is even before I could speak um, and so I, I'm sure he's the one that actually got me interested in words as as a as a, um, as a vocation you know as, as to what direction that was going to take that I didn't know but then for my eighth birthday he's, he's bought me a typewriter so you know it's like naming your kid Jarvis if you name him Jarvis you're saying you're going to be a butler you give a kid a, a Typewriter at eight. You're probably saying you're going to be writing in some form. Um, so that's where it all, all began for me. I'd started started writing, um, and eventually got got into newspapers. I wasn't writing basketball initially. I was uh, trained as a journalist, right across the board, doing all sorts of things. Uh, in my book, I, I actually go through some of the things that I did, including there were some really uh, vile court cases going on, criminal cases at the time that I actually had to cover, um, which, you know, in hindsight were great experience, but at the time were like, wow, you know, you have to go home and not think about what you'd seen with the photographs and and Mm -hmm. things in in court of the victims and and things of that nature. Um, And then, you know, basketball, um, it it was just sort of an obvious thing for me to do. I had a sports editor who played, um, his name was Jeff Roach, he's from Newcastle. And he had come to, uh, he played for New South Wales and then he'd come to South Australia and uh, to play for South Adelaide and then he'd play for Norwood with my brothers. It was Norwood Budapest at that time. And then he was the sports editor of the news newspaper where I started. And so it was kind of a fait accompli eventually that I would be writing basketball in my spare time. And then it became more than that over the course of the journey. Well, I hope you guys are still awake. You know, yeah, I mean, no, no. Listen, I, mean, Body, on every word,
1: mate, I, I, I know you covered one of the <laughs> one of the most uh, infamous cases in Australian criminal history in early in your career, right? Am, yeah. am I wrong in saying that? No,
2: you're correct. There was the, the yeah. Truro murders, which were a series of uh, um, young girls being abducted, raped, and murdered, and it only ended when um, the perpetrator was killed in a yeah. car accident. And at his funeral, his offsider, uh spoke. I was told someone about what had gone on. She informed the police, and that's how the whole thing came to light. And it was the off-sider that was in court um, for this. Uh, I was there through the magistrate's court proceedings, and then it went on to the Supreme Court, and I was still, still covering it then. Um, and, yeah, that was it was pretty gruesome because we used to, in, in a courtroom, I don't know if you ever, ever had to be in a courtroom for any reason, but um, the judge is obviously at the back looking, looking down, at the, and you've got the prosecutor and um, the defence at a, at a large table, not like you see in American court in dramas where they're all yeah. on one side or the other, but sort of a, a large table. They, they all sit at that table, and the media, we sit in the same direction as the judge looking out. So we're at the same table. We sort of sneak in and we're looking out, and we can see everything. And often they would uh, throw us photographs and, and documents so that we get people's names right, etc. And, you know, many times I wish they hadn't.
3: Right. Because
2: yeah. yeah yeah some of the some of the pictures especially another case I did uh, which was a uh, a body in the bag I mean just by the sounds of that you can guess that there was a torso it had been cut up and flayed and it was yeah not not pretty things not pretty things too. so as much as I really enjoyed the courts because it was drama every day and and front page stories and you know stories at the front that people wanted to read um, it was it was a relief to go back into the general reporters room yep. when my stint was done to just sort of going back to handling everyday news rather than that on a, on a consistent basis It was
0: tough. So I ended up going from one type of court to another type of court, right, Buddy?
2: There you go. Well done. Great segue. <laughs> That's it. Well,
0: now we've got the segue. <laughs> yeah. Look, I just wanted to sort of say as well, I mean, obviously, you, you, you're definitely aware that Woody and I are you know, big fans of, you, of your podcast that you do with Brad Rose and their body. Absolutely. The Brad and Body podcast. Um,
1: we've actually quoted the podcast you like it? on many episodes before. On the Brad and Body podcast, this was said, that was said. We've done that quite a few times. So that's something that Body said the check was in the
0: that's yeah, so, okay. um, so, yeah, it was to sort of see Body, just how you sort of linked up with Brad and, and sort of, yeah, how you sort of enjoy sort of doing that podcast with him. Well,
2: I didn't know Brad personally um, back when he was playing for the Sydney Kings. He was uh, just a player on a, an NBL team to me at that time. Um, and he became captain. I think the, I think the team voted him captain because he was such a tenacious tenacious player. And uh, he came to the end of his career. And at the end of his career, um, when he retired from from the NBL, um, in the following season preview, when I was saying, you know, I used to do a team by team preview, I said of the Sydney Kings that that um, Brad Rosen has has retired to spend his weekends now every Saturday nights standing on wedding cakes. Now. Brad saw that and thought it was pretty funny and uh, liked it, which is good because it wasn't meant to, you know, it was just meant as a joke, he's not, not a huge man, not a shorter guy. Yeah. Um, and probably that's, that's, that's where our relationship began, um, our friendship a little bit from that. And then when he started doing commentary, occasionally at my website, I, I was, pick, picked him up for a couple of things he used to do, which I found irritating. Which was saying that you know the team is doing well offensive-wise, not doing so well defensive-wise. You know that used to just you know make my head want to explode. It's like we're not doing it. They're doing well offensively, but not defensively. Don't add the wise to it because, you know I that's not this. So I, I wrote that, and, and he rang. He rang me up and said, "Oh look, that's a really good pickup. I really appreciate you." you you're doing that and um, is there anything else and then we started talking and steadily we developed a, a really strong relationship um where where i was sort of giving him some advice and and he was asking me how he how i thought he should do this that and the other way we sort of um he had come from a sporting background he knew i had a media background so he was sort of picking my brains at that time friendship developed and then years pass i get a call out of the blue a couple of years ago from brad saying Hey, you want to do a podcast? I said, hey, "What? What? <laughs> I don't know anything about podcasts." He says, "Neither do I." <laughs> he said, "Neither do I." We should be great. I went, okay, <laughs> I like his confidence. And at that time, I had just met Joseph Kaur, who does the NBL Pocket Podcast
1: on the show last week. And
2: mm-hmm. um, i had been, yeah, and I had been on his program, and and we'd we'd hit it off pretty well. And I rang him and, and asked him if he would be interested in producing our show for us because we were just we had no idea of how to proceed we just knew we wanted to do it and fortunately joseph thought it was a great idea he came in and um yeah we we, we had a meeting in sydney we, we all hit it off and he told us what microphones to get and what to do and basically off it went and um it was really brad's idea we wanted the, the point of difference to be initially that we wouldn't just do nbl but we do nbl and WMBL. Because there are people that do NBL, there are people that do WNBL, there are people that do NBA. Um, We just want to be specific and give the women as much attention as the men. And then when when um, you know coronavirus hit, for us a little bit it was a a, for our program only. It was a bit of a blessing in disguise because it meant competitions had stopped, and now it was like, oh, what are we going to do with our podcast? Let's interview people. So we started interviewing. People. We started with Lindsay He his, his book had just come out, yep. and I had really, really enjoyed the book. And he wasn't doing much publicity for it. And um, I approached his publishers and said, "You know, we'd like to get him on the program." And they said, "Look, we'd love him. We'd love him to be on the program because he's not doing." you know, Lindsay's a fairly laid-back character too. He just puts yep. it out there, and if you buy it, you buy it. If you don't, you don't. He doesn't really care. Um, and they and he wasn't doing any publicity for it, but. Uh, when he heard it, that Brad and I were interested, he jumped in and said, yeah, I'd love to do the show, which was great for us. So it was our first interview, which was which we thought went really, really well. I mean, Lindsay is still um, running competitions at... Um, at MSAC at that stage, and during the interview, he he got a phone call on his landline. Somebody mm-hmm. needing players for a game to avoid a forfeit. He said, "Do you mind if I take this?" And he said, "No." I, I heard the MSAC. podcast, buddy. Uh, let... heard it. I heard <laughs> yeah. the show. I heard <laughs> yeah. the show. I remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So it was really good. And, then, and from that, we thought, you know what? Let's let's focus on this. Let's let's do interviews, and and the MBL or WMBL bits we can just tag on the end because there's a lot of people doing it. There's a lot of people covering um both leagues so our necessity to do that you know once we started doing the interviews and they were working quite well we were quite happy with the way they were going we didn't really have a, a single one where we came away thinking no oh, that one was a done um they're all pretty reasonable and the people were willing to talk to us and and often give us stuff that was quite amazing i don't know if you heard the one with trevor gleason
1: i did i did
2: indeed. yeah, yeah. I mean, him as a hippie. Can you picture him yeah, as a yeah. long-haired hippie with a backpack travelling around the world, getting tickets to go see Perth Wildcats play Houston Rockets in, in London? You know, that stuff, you know, we're, we're thinking this is gold. We're getting gold. So that's how it came about and that's how it sort of morphed into what it is now, which is more an interview program and then a little bit on what's going on around the place.
0: No, we really enjoy sort of listening to it. mean, time there's a new podcast, I know that the latest podcast with Wayne McDaniel dropped yesterday, didn't it? So, Woody and I both checked. I've out heard today. all seventy-three,
1: buddy. You know, yeah, I've heard yeah. all seventy-three of them. So, you know. I, I think I've missed a couple, so I feel good bad. Now, you. But you know, Woody
0: gets the prize. Of it. Yeah.
2: Listen, Rob, seventeen and thirty-four. Don't worry about them.
3: <laughs> very
0: good. Well look, another thing I wanted to have a, a bit of a chat about today, Body, is the thing that um the, the viewers or well, the viewers would have seen me holding up at the start of the podcast. And that's this lovely book here. Yeah. So um, look when that's we touch base. A, yeah, we touched base a couple of weeks that's ago really and, um, good. and I ordered it. It only came about three hours ago. So I do apologise, I haven't been able to read it yet. It's a nice thick book there, but that's I'm okay. gonna to that very that's soon. Okay
1: yeah just lend it to little, me when you're done man absolutely yeah, yeah. well you could buy your own i gotta buy my own buy copy. your own All right. man. come on yeah, sacrilege okay <laughs> on. i shouldn't have said that podcast i shouldn't have said that man i shouldn't have said that i shouldn't have said that i get my own body don't worry no no yeah. nah, so i
0: guess i just wanted to ask Boy, well, you know what was i guess what was the process of doing that book i know you've obviously sort of done some books in the past and everything there but yeah if what was the process yeah. and maybe if you've got a little story or sort of you know anecdote or something you're able to sort of tell us about that well,
2: it was funny because um, since I've retired from full time journalism, uh, I've written a book, writing books, I've written a couple of manuscripts there with various um, publishers because they've been um, fiction. And fiction is pretty, it's pretty hard to get your fiction published. Um, but non fiction, that, that's, that's a lot easier. I travel a lot by tram. There's, pointing in the direction where the tram is. (laughs) If you're ever in town, you know it's over that way. Um, uh, So on the tram, I I kept getting this line uh, coming into my head and the line was, it was the most difficult question I've ever been asked, but then again, I was only seven at the time and I kept, This line just kept recurring to me, you know, uh, on various trips until some, uh, I got to a point where I thought, okay, I don't know what this is, I'd better just hit the keyboard and write it and see what happens. So the second I hit the keyboard and wrote it, I knew exactly what it was. Until that time, it was a total mystery to me, but that was a, that was a, it referred to a question that Michael that the great Aboriginal basketball player, the first Indigenous player to uh, represent Australia in anything at an Olympics back in 1964 in Tokyo. Um, I, I was absolutely besotted with him. I thought he was just the most wonderful person I ever met. He was just so charming, such a, a fun and a fun-loving guy and a magnificent player on the court, uh, terrific peripheral vision. I, I loved him. He played for South Adelaide. And South Adelaide were playing in the grand final against Budapest, which was my brothers and, and famous people from that era, the Hody brothers and, and András Isla. There's a, a lot of great basketball players. And he came up to me before the grand final and said, who are you barricing for? And I was like, oh, this is terrible. I love Michael Armat, but I can't barric I, I bar for South. I have to barric for me my brothers, so it was the most difficult question as was a seven-year-old I'd ever encountered. It was tough, so I said to him, no, I'm, I'm barracking football first because that's where my, my brothers are, that's where my family is, but I hope you have a really good game. And if you should win, that wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So, you know, he cussed my hair and walked off and thought that was a pretty good response. They did win, actually. South Adelaide did win that, that game. Nice. But, so that sort of brought me into the story, and then I thought, all right, do I write a memoir or not? So I wrote the first chapter wondering whether my vanity had got the better of me, whether I, you know, what sort of conceit is it to think that your story is so very interesting that it might be more interesting than Woody yours or Rob yours. you know, what makes a story interesting or not, so yep. I, I was a bit bit reluctant to proceed. So I did a chapter, full chapter, and then I put it up on my website, and that was the test. I thought if I get a reasonable reaction to this, I'll, I'll go, I'll go on with it. And if i get a negative reaction for example who do you think you are you're a wanker whatever you know that sort of thing then i think okay all right i'm a wanker and i should let this go um but the reaction was amazingly enough 100 positive 100 and, and there was no one that said anything negative there and it was a lot of where, where's the next chapter when's the next chapter coming out that sort of thing so yeah that that um that got me excited and so i just started writing it and naturally it's, it's the story of my my family and my parents. I'm, I'm, that thing I'm most proud of with the book is that I got to tell my parents' story because their story is is pretty much a story of heroism under fire, coming out from from the really difficult situation in Hungary during the Second World War, going from Hungary in 1944 45, and the war is it's, its most fierce to Germany, you know, to, and going to Bavaria. That's where they the family was and um, my older brothers. And mum and dad, she was heavily pregnant the mum and just what they went through just to get to Australia. Um, and then I was born, I'm the only one that was born in Australia, as you can tell from my name, I'm, I'm true blue Aussie, body knowledge, <laughs> you know, that's as, as Australian as it, as, as it gets. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, to tell their story was, and, and the story of my family and the directions that they went in basketball. And it just, yeah, I, it, once I was rolling, I was rolling. And, and uh, I, I really enjoyed it. I got to the end. And I thought, okay, now I need a publisher,
3: <laughs> yep.
2: uh, which is the hardest part. But uh, fortunately, um, I got a very good tip from Peter Walsh, who's a uh, used to be a sports reporter yep. for the ABC you know he here in yeah. Adelaide, and also covers in, the cricket. So, won yeah. a lot of uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so, a lot of, won a lot of awards with the NBL and WNBL yeah. journey. Um, he he suggested a publisher to me, and I, uh, on his advice, I went there and they they, they were interested and the thing thing got done it was it was uh, very exciting and and when, it, when it, you know you've, you're holding a copy now Rob, in your hand or or it's nearby the first time I did that it was a very very exciting moment I mean, to look at it and to see it. And, you know, it's quite a it's quite a nice
0: cover too. You know, I think it like, is. Don't judge yeah. it by its cover, but if, <laughs> if you want to, this one's not bad. <laughs> no, I'm actually looking forward to getting into so that, it. How, I think, how, like yeah. we said as well, it's it's not just all about basketball, like you said, body. There's obviously the life stories oh, and those sort of things. So I'm
1: really looking forward to sort of you know
0: hear a little bit more about that.
1: I think even my parents, you know, coming here in the late '80s from India, you know, it's it's not the same thing, but you know, they were. They came here from a different culture and and started a new life here. They would be very interested to read it. So once I get a copy, I'll pass it to my dad. And I I think anyone else who's listening to the show right now, strongly recommend that you, you know, check it out and get yourself a copy. Right. I
2: think it does cover the migrant migrant experience because at that time, there was a great deal of suspicion about these people coming from Europe, you know, fleeing the war. And, you know, Australia had been in the war. Battling a lot of these people that were coming out now, they're from the other side, sort of thing. So uh, settling in and, and becoming part of the, the Australian culture, the multicultural right. society that we have now, um, it wasn't as easy as, as, it, as it seems. And I don't think it, it was particularly easy for the next group that came, whoever right. they were. Um, I think I think some Asian, like Vietnamese people coming here, it's like, well, we've been fighting in Vietnam. So yep. I don't know how they, how they were treated when they first got here. And and as you say, you're, you're from an Indian background. How you may have been treated. The thing, I, the two things I found that, that really helps assimilation and, and the multicultural experience. One is sport, because if you get involved in sport as an ethnic kid, you you, you get acceptance very very quickly. Hundred percent. And the other is food. The other is cuisine. Right. Cuisine. You know, like when we when we got here, well when I was a little kid, the, the Australian meal was meat and two veg. <laughs> you know, that's the average Aussie meal. I, I think we're all eating far more interesting things these days as a result of the cross section of, of peoples that are, that are now Australian
0: absolutely no uh, look i think once you're going to maybe ask um body sort of if there's any sort of future things in the pipeline i'll leave that one for you because i think we might have a. you know man i just woke
1: up one day and you know i think i had a dream or something i don't know where i heard it man but you know i heard that there's something going man i heard i heard you i heard you cooking i heard you cooking body, and there's there's something in the in the in the pipeline for you that's quite interesting <laughs> maybe maybe you want to talk about it maybe you don't i just thought i'd throw it out there you know what i'm saying
2: Oh, well, look, yes, there is something in the pipeline. Um, This book has prompted um, a a different publisher to come to me and offer me um, an advance and the opportunity to write a book about Paddy Mills. And I think at this particular time, the way Paddy Mills is going, coming off what he just achieved with the Australian team winning that medal, where where he's seen in the Australian fabric right now, like he's up for Australian of the Year, you know, yep. I think it's a very timely yep. time to write a book about Paddy Mills, and and uh, I'm very honoured and thrilled to be asked to do it. So um, we've still got some negotiating to complete, but uh, I'm, I'm very keen to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they want to have it out by by the NBA playoffs next, next year, so um, it's a very short turnaround time. Um, so as much as I've enjoyed the podcast, I've got to leave now because <laughs> I've got to get on with the book. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we were talking yesterday, buddy. I think you're you're the first, you're the perfect man to write that. You know, um, I think you'll do a great job. But uh, we talked about what a good run he's on. And at the time of recording today, Thursday, the twenty fifth of November, he had twenty three points today. I think he just kept that Friday run again, up, right? kept that yeah. run up, man. Oh, so yeah. when, Joe, when Joe yeah. Harris comes back, keep him on the bench. Let Patty keep starting, man. What do you guys think? Right? Like, <laughs> I <agree>. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. He's responded. He's done it. Look. I love him as an NBA player, but I loved him more as a player for the Boomers. Yeah, And and there were two different roles. But now at right. Brooklyn, I think we're seeing more of the
1: Boomer. That he, there's, a of the there, yeah. there's a bit of favorite patty there. He was actually mic'd up today, right, um, on on the yep. coverage. Yep. And you could hear him speaking well, to the coaching yep. staff and to Kevin Durant, James Johnson, the kind of respect he garners amongst his colleagues and his teammates. I mean, I'm just proud to be Australian when I see the kind of you know, reverence yes. that he has at Brooklyn with the guys like Kevin Durant and Steve Nash. So it's amazing, right? Like, Yes.
2: Makes yes. me proud. Makes he, me proud. He, he makes us all proud. And, yep. I, and I think the way he summarized the the winning of the rose gold, the bronze medal, yep. after, after the game when he was interviewed, you know, I think he summed it up beautifully for all of us in his emotion. You know, I think we all experienced it. What a yeah, day watching, that was. So, yeah. What a day. It was a fabulous, fabulous day. Yeah. I yeah. think Andrew goes was the only one that of a shed a few
0: tears that day, right?
2: I no, think I one. did. I think I did yeah. too. I
1: had about I may have had one or two three quarters of a bottle of peanut on your ass. So yeah. Yeah. I was I was shedding a few tears <laughs> <laughs> as well. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> Very
2: good. Uh, yeah, I thought Andrew Andrew was brilliant too. Uh, was. Andrew was yeah. brilliant. It was great
0: to see his reaction, wasn't it? Look, one of the things I wanted to sort of chat with you is uh, we wanted to chat with you as well, Boddy, is just what your sort of thoughts on the current state of the game is presently in the NBL, how you think it's sort of placed at the moment. And I guess just further to that, um, if you'd like to sort of see some expansion, I know we sort of briefly mentioned Newcastle and it'd be nice to sort of see them come back. But yeah, as if, how would you sort of see maybe where the next team might come from and, and how you see the state of things? Look,
2: honestly, the way the league is. is- Rowing. I think they've been very prudent in not rushing. Yep. I, they, they really thought out the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix experience before they put them out on the floor, and they've really taken their time to get Tasmania Jack jumpers right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, think, I don't think they're in any, any great lather to quickly add another team within the next um, year or two years or three. I think they've just let it settle for a while. But I, I think it would be prudent to have a second team from New Zealand.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I know it's a yeah.
2: NBL, but it's NBL in name. That's the name of the competition. That yeah. it's not really a national comp in in that form that you, that it started. Um, and I would be really happy to see a second team out of uh, maybe Wellington or maybe out of South Island, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe right. out of Christchurch, so that you make the New Zealand trip a, a, a two game trip and a little more financially uh, sensible. Um, so, I'd, I'd like to see that. I know the Wellington Saints who play in the New Zealand NBL, they've, they've made some noises in the past, but it's never gone anywhere. Yep. And again, like I said, the, the NBL will, will handle it in a prudent fashion. Um, I would like to see a team in Newcastle just because of the historical significance of it. But whether it has the, the, the sponsorship, the crowd, the facility, those are all very, very important elements now in, in any new team. Canberra would be great. Canberra has such a great, rich history, and its women's team, I mean, what they're, I think they're one they're they won championship. Unbelievable, aren't Yeah. Yeah. So uh, now whether that, in fact, means that it would be really hard to re-establish a men's team there because all the sponsorship, etc., cetera, hits all the women. So maybe you know, in, in a conversation I had with Phil Lynch, who was a, a basketball um, lifer and, and has done a lot of commentary over the yeah. years on television, he doesn't really think that it or last time i spoke to him i should say he didn't think it was viable at this time for a team in canberra but that's that is another location i'd like to i'd like to see it too and and this is the one that's kind of probably off the wall but i wouldn't want seeing one in Darwin.
3: damn just interesting again, Truly I that might be an interesting
2: place yeah. place to go Death, yeah definitely. yeah then, then you really have no no columns but you know initially if there's going to be an eleventh team. I think you should be looking across the Tasman. Team. I, I, I think Singapore. you're right. I think that, that's the most viable. So, body, um,
0: well, you're yeah. not expecting Singapore to come back anytime soon. <laughs>
1: yeah. Get some Rod, uh, Rod Grizzard, man. Yeah. Get some Rod Grizzard. You know. <laughs> <laughs> some yeah. Benny Knight ah, right could play a <laughs> bit yeah <laughs> he played for the 36ers oh, I
3: know think. he did and the Kings for a briefly. sip of coffee and yeah. the Kings
1: for a sip of coffee
2: right yeah there so, you go yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I, there was a period there with the 36ers and and then the Kings too were like the elephant's graveyard for um, for for basketball players or imports That they, they they ended up at Adelaide or Sydney
3: yeah they, they were at
2: the end, yep. end of the road but uh, it's good to see the Kings change that uh, Culturally, and now um, athletes yeah. trying to do the same with, with uh, CJ. Yeah, I
1: like that. Way. I like that. Yeah,
0: good stuff. Well, look, um, we do I did sort of set us all a bit of homework this week, so we're going to get onto that shortly. But I just thought we just, all right, just Dad. Briefly, all right, Dad. Briefly, yeah. Well, mate, I, I spent a lot of time doing that. I was, I, I couldn't just work it out um, easily, but I just wanted to sort of see what you guys are thinking in terms of the top four this year. Just uh, what were the four teams you guys think would sort of make the make the finals in the NBL this year?
2: Um. Well, I, I I never pick a top four. I learnt years ago that it's just smarter to pick a top three and just automatically have Perth in there already. So I, I, I nothing that I've seen in the off season would suggest that Perth Wildcats are going to go downhill. I know people people want to think that they want to think that every year, every year, experts on the east coast want to want oh this is the year when yep. Perth is going out s- of it. I've well, seen every year. Got, yeah. <laughs> so I just I just put Perth in. I don't take their glitz form to mean anything. Mitch yep. was not playing. Coach just got here. Todd Lance was not, you know. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. They'll be right in the picture. So that's one that I always lock away. The other one that I think we can lock away is the Illawarra Hawks. Yep. I think they've, they've improved from last year. And last year they were semi-finalists. So if they've improved, then you can say, well, they're now a championship contender. I believe they are. Yep. And then the other two, am I'm, I'm, I'm really interested because I think Melbourne United, I suspect they're heading in a southerly direction. Um, right. I'm not sure that Sydney, yeah, I think Sydney and, and Brisbane are sort of going to be flattish I think we've got um, Tasmania and Cairns will be down toward the, the South Pole. Um, so then you go, well, who's left? I like Southeast Melbourne. I like New Zealand. I'm, I'm concerned about the situation with New Zealand with the, the latest COVID outbreak, when yep. everyone's been double vaxxed, um, and I'm concerned about how the draw is going to have to be again flexible, and people maybe stuck in a in a, in a city for a long time. But I, I'm I'm actually, if all things work out reasonably well, we don't have too many interruptions or too many problems, and I'm going to say, say Southeast Melbourne and New Zealand
1: will complete my thought. But I'm very, very interested to hear what you've
3: got to say. Yeah,
0: what do you got for your forwards?
1: Look, I I kind of disagree with body in in terms of my kings, and you know, no surprise there, right? But I think our, our roster <laughs> looks good, right? And we're running a fast pace this year, right? You know, uh, our team looks good. We got Chase Buford's uh, uh, at the helm now. You know, comes with a high pedigree. Uh, I just think that you know that 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 import combination, sp- uh, specifically with you know um, Adams and um, you know, uh, what's the big man coming back again from last year? The power forward. Um, Jarrell Martin. Martin, Martin. right? Jarell yeah. Martin. Yeah, he's going to be terrific yeah. and uh, I think we've got a uh, a nice squad together. Um, I think we're probably looking at Xavier Cooks. Uh, Xavier Cooks is going to have a great looking season. Right, he's he? he's yeah. shown that in, in the preseason yeah. so far. Um, you know, Biwali Bales, we, we had his coach on the show a few weeks ago. He's going to be an impressive young rookie that a lot of people are sleeping on. Uh, Sean Bruce, the veteran. I mean, I could keep talking, but I got my kings right. Um, I got uh, Illawarra Hawks, um, as Body said, and then I've got the New Zealand Breakers, and I'm gonna go for my fourth team as Illawarra, New Zealand. And Perth, all right, man. It's going to be wow. Perth, right. Going to be. In, Perth. Are you serious? Yeah. Oh, going to be. I Perth. Was waiting going to, for that
2: to be.
0: Perth. So pretty much, Woody every year does the, the Corey <laughs> Homicide Williams comment and says, "Oh, this is a year that Perth misses out, absolutely." And you know, normally they go on to sort of make the grand final or win it there. So I'm. I mean, i do not know if that's a good or a bad thing that you've got them in their woods. thats that scares me a bit. So look, I guess just I think we've all got uh, Perth, East and Illawarra, right? Um. So I think. um yeah. Yeah, so my well, I don't fall, have
1: southeast. Yeah. Oh, okay, sorry, you
0: had you had Sydney and you had New Zealand, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, I'm going to leave out New Zealand. I'm going to have southeast. So my four would be Illawarra, southeast, Sydney, and Perth. Um, look, I really think United Sydney. are going to slip slip this year. Yeah, I do think Sydney will make yeah. it. I, I do like that lineup as well. Um, I, I can I can see if you know I think Melbourne will definitely be worse off than last year. Adelaide's a real unknown, you know, just with obviously the new coach yeah. and a, a very different roster. Yeah. I think Brisbane could be quite good, yep. uh, but look, certainly agree with I think with what Body said as well. I think Cairns and the, the Jack Jumpers will certainly be towards the bottom. I don't see those, you yeah. know, those teams that are doing too much there. So I guess we're we're pretty similar with that four, right? We'll obviously, see how we go. With I mean, that. yeah,
1: there's a few there's a few variables there, but you know, like sure, yeah.
0: All right, so if you've always done your homework, sure, I mean, like,
1: and. and, and Homework, oh, yeah,
2: absolutely. Homework is my second, my middle name, actually. (laughs) What do I I like homework not? I don't don't know.
0: So what we me in the book. We thought we just um, we put together a bit of a list. You know, Woody and I sort of like these lists we do where it's a favorite type list. It's not the best list, we, you know, it can be quite subjective there. We'd like to put our favorite list there. So, you know, Woody and I already um, on a, an earlier episode we named our top ten favorite ever Atlanta Hawks, and that was a bit of a fun exercise to do that. So, yeah, that's What we've awesome. we sort of yeah. done there, we've we've um we've come up with our top five favorite starting five. So not like a starting five that played together, but obviously putting together that roster and coming up with a five there. so By position, right, Robbie? By position, exactly yeah. right. So as if we're sort of picking like, you know, an all-star team or something like that. So um, look, who wants to start? I'll, I'll leave it to Maybe we'll roster.
1: go by position each, Robbie. First okay. point guard yeah, and then see, yep. let's do it that way, right? Ah, yeah. Okay,
0: I'll leave it that way. So, all right. So, body, who have you got for your point guard? Well,
2: I've, I've already screwed up because my point guard is Rocky Smith. He's more a combo guard. Yep. Uh, and, and was a prolific scorer, uh, an MVP of the league in, in 1980, just the smoothest mover that you could ever hope to see. Um, I just loved the way he played the game. He, he had that really cool demeanour. He was playing for St Kilda. Brian Curl was the coach at that time and right. tried to get him a nickname of Magic, but well, his name was Rocky. If your name is Rocky, then Magic's not going to stick. Yeah, Everyone's sure. yeah. Rocky. Yeah. But, <laughs> but uh, he was Magic on the floor and in 1981, when um, St. Kilda went and competed in the World Club Championship in Brazil, um, the Brazilian club made him an offer that he couldn't refuse. So he stayed there and he was lost to us. But those two years that he put in, he was just a fabulous player uh, and one of my all-time favorites to watch. I'm sorry, he might be might predate you guys. You might not ever have seen him, but trust me, he I, was, I uh,
0: heard about. I've heard about he Rocky was, though. Yeah, definitely yeah. know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: What
3: yeah. about yourself, there, Woody? Who you
0: he
1: got for point
3: guard?
1: You know, there's no doubt, man. This guy's a showman. He came to this league from Rocker Park, from the streets of New York, <laughs> took it to the rack. He's forged a great media career. I love the way he he covers the game in this country. My man, Corey Homicide Williams, man. You know, and you know, I've watched a lot of point guards since you know late '80s this guy was a showman, you know, and him going out to Perth, Duncan, winning that game, Croc Nation, you know, that Townsville Crocodiles team with with him and leading the way. You know, Corey's my favorite point guard of all time, man, in this league. And he he didn't have a jump shot to save his life, right? But, you know, he, he took it to the rack and, you know, he was able to lead that team. And him and Gleason's, you know, relationship was great. And I just, I loved it. It was just, I would love to just tune in to watch him, to watch him play with, with Galen Young, you know, that. That import combination, rest yeah. in peace to Galen Young. But man, you know, John really there, man. That was that was that was a team I love, and Corey was a big part of that. So that's my guy. My I like God. that one. I like yeah. that one. I like um, yeah.
3: any, any guesses
1: co- from Corey? Co- 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 go- 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 say
3: again? No.
2: Anybody? Any no. co- what do you co- say? My point, I was going to say, Corey. I was just going to say, Corey just has Ben Simmons' jump shot, but go ahead.
3: <laughs>
0: yeah, right, definitely, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> A bit more confidence than Ben Simmons. Yeah, no, so from my point of view, I'm guessing you can probably guess this one. I, I know who it is, I've made man. my NBL fantasy team with this same name for about the last hour. I know it's who it is, 12 years. So, of course, it's Ricky Gross, um, Amazing Gross. Um, Omar. Oh, mate, he's absolutely yeah. love this guy. You know, he's, he's probably the all-time great wildcat. It is a little bit sort of hard to work it out. I've still got him there. I wouldn't be surprised if Bryce Cotton ends up settling in Perth. He could, you know, eventually sort of maybe overtake him if he continues the way he started. But, yeah, for me, it's Ricky Grace. Um, all right, so let's go to the, the two-guard. Good choice. Um, thinking there Good could choice. be a few similar ones here maybe, but I'll, I'll start with Boddy. Who have you got for your two-guard?
2: I I don't think you're going to pick this one because he played as a 2-3 and mainly as a 3, but because I've got two guys that are very, very similar in the 2-3 spots, um, I've made Leroy Loggins my my off guard.
1: Wow. Um, He's my
2: my ideal team, yeah. So uh, I don't know that much needs to be said about Leroy. He was just – he was and remains to me the greatest import we've ever had. Yep. Uh, Bryce Cotton is is gaining, but – from 1983, no, 1982, three, four, five, six, like six years in a row. The NBL championship went through Leroy wherever he was. Yeah. Two years at West Beautiful. Adelaide, four yep. years at Brisbane. You know, if you were going to win a championship, you had to beat Leroy. Um, and I don't think anyone else comes close. You know, Bryce is getting there, but Leroy was the man. So he's my two guard.
0: That's a good one. What about yourself, there, Woods?
1: I've spoken about him and have worn his jersey on the show before and being a kid and watching him come to our shores in the early 90s, I was just in awe of this man, his athleticism, the way he could get it done in a lot of ways. LC, man. Leonard Copeland, right? I got him at the two spot, right? Just excitement machine, playing alongside Andrew Gaze. You know, I was saying, we didn't try to be Stockton and Malone in the backyard. Me and my brother tried to be Gaze and Copeland, right? So I got, <laughs> I, I got Copeland as my two guard, man. And, uh, nice. I even watched his last game, as I said, um, one of his last games at 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 uh Humbush Olympic Park when he was playing the Razorbacks. So uh he was at Adelaide at the time, actually, buddy. So yeah. Yes, yeah. The graveyard.
3: Yeah. So. It's a <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> nice.
0: Well for my two guard, I had to have I had to have the goat. Um Andrew Gaze had to have him there. Um yeah, absolute legend of the game. Love the way he played. Um, you know Woods, obviously. You know I'm sort of partial to, to launching a few three pointers or two, and I think that was just you know watching Gazy growing up. I was just in awe of that guy the way he shot the ball, and yeah, yeah definitely oh, sort yeah. of you know inspired me to sort of you Mac know old man. try and take a three, probably get one out of about every twenty these days. But no, it's all good. So Gazy for the for the two guard. All right. So what about the the three or the, the small forward? What do you got for, for that one, Body? Before we
2: move to that, do you know the story mm. about the? initial Hungry Jack sponsorship of the NBL, like when they got it back in the 80s, when they were sponsored, because, well, Andrew Gaze is your man, and this is a true story. Um, At that stage, the USSR team, the Soviet Union team, was touring and playing a series against Australia ahead of the Olympic Games in Seoul. They'd come in 87, and they'd come in 88, and they had a game in in a place called the Glass House in in Melbourne. Yeah, we know where it is. Collingwood hangs out, yep. And uh, the game went to overtime. Uh, Andrew hit a magnificent th- big shot, big three to force it into overtime, where unfortunately they, they, they lost it. They didn't beat the Soviets just in a single game, but it was a magnificent performance. He scored something like 45 points. Wow. And um, after the game, it was on TV. After the game, they interviewed him. And they said, you know, how does it feel? What, after, during the interview, they said, what are you going to do now? He says, well, I'm going to go have a shower. I'm going to go home. I'm going to stop at Hungry Jacks on the way and get myself a walk on the cheese. And that's what he said. And the, the guy who was running Hungry Jacks, the, the boss of Hungry Jacks in Australia, was watching the coverage and thought and was really excited by the game. Heard Andrew say that, got in touch with the NBL. That's how they got their first sponsorship. I wonder Jacks. if Gaze is so still getting three
0: whoppers or anything after that.
2: <laughs> Last time I saw him, it looks like he's in a few years.
3: <laughs> Very good.
2: All right, three guys. My, my, my. my Sorry, three, three men, the small forward. Again, this is interchangeable with Leroy. It was Rob Rose. I, mean, I just love awesome. watching Rob Rose. I loved him yeah. at the Magic. He was fabulous at the Magic. He was phenomenal at the thirty sixes, And then, um, you know, some of the things he did with Townsville, Townsville. particularly that one uh, against Sydney, that final um, where uh, Sydney hit a big no. shot and the fight was over, and he's just come down and pulled up and stuck a three and sent Sydney out of that <laughs> playoffs. Yeah, it was just a, a phenomenal. Brett Maher, who, who whose book I wrote, his biography I wrote, said in there was that one of the problems with playing with Robert was that he was so good that you sometimes you just stopped and watched him. And, and there'll be, like, four teammates watching what Rob's doing, what Rob's doing. Hey, guys, you know, get in the spaces I'm, I'm, I'm creating here. Um, but he brought it every day at training, always wanted to win, hated losing, played with a passion, and I just loved watching him play. And I, I really – my dream one-on-one matchup from the year is if you could have Leroy Loggins at his absolute best versus Robert Rose at his absolute best, that would be I'd a play to fun that. one-on-one Absolutely. contest to watch. Yeah. I like that. No, a Give us call. your booty,
1: you pretty got? All right, at the three spot, man. I I got to go for a guy who I thought was Superman. You know, like as a kid, I couldn't believe this guy was was human. You know, and he was my idol growing up as a kid. I wanted to be just like him. And and it's Dwayne the D trained McLean. You know, I mean, every Sydney yeah. kid who's seven or eight years old, you know, just idolize this guy. So. I mean, I, I love Rob Rose and and his all-round game probably translated, you know, higher IQ, did a little, few more things on the court. But it's, this isn't who are the greatest, you know, it's mm. who is your favorite. No, so sorry. I'm going to yeah. go with uh, with yep. D-Train, you know, Dwayne McLean is my three, man. Yeah.
0: Nice one, Woods. I thought you probably would have the D train in there. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Mate, even as a a youngster sort of going to those Kings games and obviously, you know, wearing some sort of Wildcat's jersey, it was always fun to see the D train. Hell yeah. Definitely. So all right. So my small forward, um, I've got a pretty obscure one here. Um, Andrew Parkinson. So, look, I mentioned before Yeah, I, I absolutely love the shooters, and I, I love watching this guy back in the day. So, you know, some of those games he used to have with the Southeast Melbourne Magic. If that guy caught fire, he would. He would just cook basically. So, I think I saw some highlights last night where he might have scored 20 and a quarter one game against um, Woolong or Ilwarra back in the day there. So, yeah, Andrew Parkinson's one for me. So, it's probably not a name you hear a lot about um, these days. But, um, yeah, I'll, I'll say Parky for my
1: Awesome. That's a great one. Yeah. And I, I, I'm i not yeah, surprised you said that. <laughs> you know how long I've been looking for his jersey for, right, Woods? Yeah, you, you can't find it, right? I
0: can't find it anywhere. If anyone <laughs> knows where to get a Parky jersey, send holler out to me and I'll, I'll get it. <laughs> Very good. All right, so we're up to the, to the two big man sort of positions now. So um Body, who have you got for the, the Power Forward? Uh, the Power Forward I
2: like is actually he mostly played center in, in the NBA or played played the power forward spot in the NBA because he's he was the transition of the big man from just a post-up game to an outside game. That's Chris Anstey. I used to really enjoy watching Chris Anstey. Um because he could he could take you out to the three point line he So could. he could put a, a a smaller guy on him to sort of deal with him out there, then he just posts you up so now you've got to put a big guy back on him now he takes him back out like um it, that versatility uh, I first saw it in the um playoffs in ninety four when he was just a, a rookie with the Melbourne Tigers they were uh, one game in arrears in the semi final against Adelaide, and the game was in Melbourne, and the thirty six were, were winning quite quite comfortably, even though they were down Mark Davis had a shoulder injury. Antic was brought in off the bench and just changed the complexion of that game, brought the Tigers right back into it, went into a winning position, then he was sat back down and the 36 was pulled away and won. I think it was shortly after that he went and joined the Magic and then from yep. that point on his career just went in an upward trajectory, MVP of the gold medal winning um, World Under-23 Australian team, yeah, and on to um, Dallas Mavericks and the Chicago oh, yeah. Bulls in yeah, the NBA right. and, yeah. Yeah, and in Russia. Yeah, it's just had a great career. I, I just always watch – I love watching him play. I, to him to, – to me, he was like our Kevin Garnett Yep, as a comparison player. That, that's how I saw him, and he had attitude. You know, he, he didn't stand for much. He, I, I just liked everything about
0: his game. He'd be a good player in this era, too, wouldn't he? But Absolutely. he like you said, with his three yeah. point shot and his sort of yeah. versatility yeah. out there. So yes. he was a little bit ahead of his yep. time, maybe. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. He was certainly part of the
2: transition. Yeah. Yep. Right. He was. Yeah.
0: Yep. Agreed. All right. Which Sydney Kings player you got now for no,
2: us? Woods? I don't have a Sydney Kings player. <laughs> oh, okay. All
1: right.
3: few.
2: We'll few. It's like on with Brad Rosen.
1: <laughs> a few weeks ago, I had his jersey on, man. It was a special edition jersey. Ooh, I might have it, have, it, like this one. have it here. In fact, I'll go get the jersey in a second after I say this, <laughs> right? So um, the greatest rebounder that's ever played in the NBL, man. You know, just had a knack for getting the ball. Uh, and you don't get the name the chairman of the board for no reason, right? And, and you know, he's come here and he stayed in this country for 30-plus years. He, he was someone that I idolized as well as the kid. And you know who I'm talking about. My man, Mark yeah, Davis, absolutely. right? Oh man, the guy, just a great basketball player, great rebounder, but even better man off the court, you know. So, um, and all the good work he's done in the community in, in your neck of the woods with his camps and helping grassroots level basketball body, amazing, right? So, surely, body's
0: surely body's got a mark. A quick Mark Davis amazing.
1: story. Hold on, I'm gonna get the jersey. Go, go, keep talking. <laughs>
2: Go get the jersey. But but the the amazing thing about Mark was his ability to offensive boards to always be in the right place. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got to know when you're playing against Adelaide, you've got to box out Mark Davis. Mark Davis is a man you've got to box out when a shot goes up. Nonetheless, he would always find his way to wherever the ball was landing. And yeah, he'd be there finishing it off. Um,
0: Now yeah, that jersey's making like an appearance. A, of, yeah. Yeah, oh,
2: that, <laughs> I'm not sure that. <laughs> I'm not sure that's what was really written on the front of Mark Davis.
3: No,
1: <laughs> had to show that one off, right? Jersey, uh, yeah. No, he uh,
2: no, he's a, he's a, he's a great player in, in his era, uh, absolutely. And then. He he evolved as well. He started to add a three point shot to his game yeah. as yeah. as the league got bigger. Because you know he was always listed at 6'7", 201 centimeters, but if he's six five, that's really what he what he probably mm. is. He's, yep. a, he's a lean muscular six five. Um, yeah, uh, nice, I, no. I'll tell you a really quick. I'll tell you a really really quick story. Yeah, we had, the Thesis has had an import called Orlando Phillips. who yep. was on the who was. On the Lakers, L.A. Lakers team, apparently. But, you know, back in those days, the late 80s, we didn't have a lot of information. So anyone could say they were the last person. cut or they were on the Lakers. So Karim Abdul-Jabbar brings his travelling Daydells team to Australia. I went, went to one of those on games, yep,
0: team.
2: yep. Yep. Uh, up in Brisbane, the 36ers are playing Brisbane Bullets On the Saturday, uh, the Boomers are playing against the Daydells on the Friday. So the 36ers are all there. and. Uh, game ends and uh mark davis is one of the ones saying to orlando hey orlando can and say good day to your mate kareem you know you, you know you played with kareem he'll know you go and say good and orlando's like oh yeah thanks mark no no, no I, I i don't want to bother him i don't want to disturb him <laughs> so, so it's like the jig was up and and davis kind of led the chorus of that to sort of expose yep. the fact that maybe he wasn't uh, an la laker but just somebody that child with them at the start of the season and
0: body that's almost a little bit like those imports in the 80s that were you know supposed to be six foot eight or whatever and they'd arrive at the airport and they'd they'd shrunk to six foot four right (laughs) yeah
2: Yeah, pacific shrinker used to be known (laughs) as, and yeah (laughs) there were a lot of them geez there are a lot of them
1: yeah i think uh, wayne mcdaniel uh mentioned sorry to interrupt their body wayne yeah
2: he mentioned that orlando was on your show yesterday right yeah 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 Yep. Nice.
3: yep. Yeah. All right. Well, look,
0: I'll get on to my power so forward. I've got another pretty obscure yep. one there, Buddy. It's probably not a name that you guys have thought of for a while. He had six seasons in the in the NBL. How about some Dave Colbert?
1: Right. Wow, I haven't thought of his oh, yeah. name in a long time. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I was looking up some of his stats when I was yep. doing some research last night. He had some crazy seasons, averaging over 30 points. You know, he was a little bit ahead of his time. He was a big guy that could really shoot. Um, you know, he had a very sort of successful sort of stint with Melbourne there. Melbourne, you know, he was yeah. With what, Simmons yeah. and everything like uh, Dave Simmons. So, yeah, Dave yep. Colbert, it's, it's not sort of someone I think thought about Damn. it for a while, but I love watching that guy play when I was growing up. So, yeah, Dave Colbert for me. All right. Damn. So, look, we'll finish off in a Morrissey from the
2: Sydney, Sydney Kings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as I was going to say, he and Tim, Tim Morrissey from the Sydney Kings, they used to butt heads. They did, he? they it was did, they yeah. did, always fun to watch.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, well, who you got for your big guy body?
2: Uh oh, look, I, I played around with a number of different players because I, there's a number of them that I, I really enjoyed watching, but I, I ended up on Brett Wheeler because Mm -hmm. i've known brett wheeler since he was a a a kid coming through playing juniors making it into our district competition and then on into the 36s and then on to a number of other destinations where for for many years it looked like he was going to be denied ever winning a championship like he leaves adelaide adelaide wins a championship um and 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 he goes i think he went to the magic and they beat the magic and then he was with the titans they beat the titans then he goes and joins perth and that's when sydney sydney wins the championship for the first time. So he he sort of seemed like he was jaded, but ultimately he got there with the Kings and under Brian Gorgian. He did. So really happy for him. He turned 50 a couple of days ago so if he's watching this happy birthday brett um really enjoyed watching him play always gave his all always worked as hard as he possibly could on the floor there's a wiry sort of big guy get to the hoop yeah I, I love watching him play so he's the one i settled on as well that's partner. a good
1: one yeah shout out to brett wheeler awesome and you could have probably interchanged brett wheeler and chris anstey between that four and the five spot easily right that, that's it yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. Works,
0: yeah. Nice works nicely
1: yeah
0: nice all right what about yourself woods for the big guy
1: one guy who doesn't get as much respect that I think he should—he's a legend of Australian basketball. I mean, that rookie year he had it, had with Cairns All-Star MVP played alongside Stephen Black uh, under uh, Alan Black. Am I am I right in saying that, buddy?
3: Yeah, yeah, yep, if I talking am. talking about Nate Jawai. Right? I'm talking about <laughs> Nate
1: Jawai, man. Hell yeah, yeah. I am. And he's a legend of Australian yeah. basketball. Yeah. He's played all over the world. Um and his voice is just heard in that Cairns. Mm-hmm. Um I've spoken to Kiana Pinder recently, he tells me about like what kind of a good influence he's he's gonna he's been on him already in the team so far. Um, not just for Australians, for Indigenous Australians, uh what he's done for this sport in this country. We often sleep on it. And I just I mean that that rookie season I'm like, who is this guy? Like, <laughs> you have got to be kidding yeah. me, man. Yeah. You have got to be Amazing. kidding me. Right.
2: Um, yep. he brought people to the game absolutely. Yeah, that first yeah. year, people came just to see him, it was, yeah, it was amazing. And yeah. I
1: love that Cairns team, that rookie at Cairns team. We talked about Aaron Grabo recently on the show, so that team with uh Black Grabo, um, and and Jawai, man, I loved it, right? And I fell in love with him from the first time I ever saw him, and I, I'm still a huge fan today. So, my uh, my pivot man is uh Nathan Jawai, right? I like that one, Woods. I like yeah. that. He, he, he was MVP of the All-Star game. He was indeed. He was indeed. He was yeah. indeed. Yeah.
2: And afterwards, in, in the aftermatch function, he was just sitting, he got a little plate, just put some food on and he just sat quietly in a corner. You yeah. know, he was just such a timid, lovely bloke. You know, and, and minutes earlier, there's thousands swimmers he's throwing down dunks. He's a hell lovely yeah.
3: man. Love yep. but yeah.
0: hell yeah. Nice. All right. Well, look, I'll bring it home with the center. So I've only had one wildcat so far, um, there, fellas. So that's probably a bit of a surprise. So <laughs> Give me some Alabama slammer, James Crawford. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's probably someone that we all sort of, you know, really, really love the way he played. I mean, he was so yeah. athletic and ahead of his time back then. Um, look, I remember going down to a, a game in Canberra with my brother. It was a, a Perth-Canberra um, game, and, and James Crawford got the game winner. I think it was some sort of tip-in or something on the buzzer. But just loved the way he played, you know, a, a great sort of a career with the Wildcats. Obviously, he wasn't with them for his whole career. But, yeah, JC for me. Yeah. Um, again, probably not a name I've heard for a while. I don't know if any of you have, have heard what JC's up to these days at all. Or... He stayed in no, Australia no, for a no, while,
1: didn't he, buddy?
3: He,
0: yeah, yeah, he did for a while, but I don't yeah. know if he's here now. I do
1: know if he might have gone back,
3: but
2: I'm not sure. As, as Wayne McDaniel told us on, on the Brad and Body podcast, that yep. when he was a teammate with James, that at training, at the times he threw down yeah. The training, yeah, at Geelong, we we're, were even more amazing than what you might have seen in games. Yep. You, you, sometimes you just go and grab a drink and sit down, and just watch James, throwing him down, left, right and center. I used to yeah. like to
0: mimic his free throw technique as well. I'd sort of get out there and you know, he had that thing where he'd hold his hands up and do the free throw. So I used to like sort of yeah. mimicking that one. Look, I, I really enjoyed doing that, guys. I just wanted to oh, see if, you, if any of you guys had any snubs or anything like that. Now's the time. If there's anyone that was close to making it that you felt bad leaving off, maybe you can, you can let me know. Uh,
3: yeah.
2: Um, I felt bad leaving out Paul, Paul Rees. Because oh, yeah. he he gets he gets no credit. He's, no. He, people think of him as as this sort of big doofus guy that would just set screens and you know clumsy fumble around all that sort of stuff. But he was he was in five championship teams. Yeah, and success followed him around. So if he was just setting screens, he was certainly setting screens for the right people. And and um, yeah, often his rebound stats didn't really reflect. That uh, he should be six ten, he should be getting more rebounds, but it often didn't reflect the fact that he would box out two or three other guys, and then Martin Catalini or someone else would come flying through and get the get the rebound stat. So he's the only one I I had uh, I had, to, I had to debate between him and Brett Wheeler, but in the end I just I just liked the way Wheeler went about it just a fraction more.
0: No, that's a good one. What about yourself? What you, any any stars? Andre
1: LeFleur, man. You know, Ooh, if it wasn't for nice. Corey oh, yeah. Homicide yeah. Aunt Williams, I would have Andre LeFleur as my point guard, man. Yeah. Gold Coast Rollers, Mike good Mitchell, one. man. That team with Goodwin. Oh man, yo, I'd have Andre LeFleur, and it was really hard for me, but I just love Corey, so I put him in there. But that's nice. my guy. Uh, maybe David Close as well. You know, I'm a big fan of David Close. Uh, Radar, yep. Radar was my guy, but you know. <laughs> Apart from those two, yeah, I think, and Rob Rose, I mentioned that earlier, just Dwayne McLean, but yeah, okay. That's well, it. like
0: I said, Woody, I did break the rules when we did our um, top 10 Atlanta hooks and came up with a top 20. So I'm going to do it again. I'm going to give you another oh, five. Man. I'm going to do it quickly, though. I don't want to keep us here all night. So
3: man. my second
0: five, backcourt, Damian Martin and Bryce Cotton forwards, Leroy Loggins and Scott Fisher and Simon Dwight as the centre. Oh, so hell was, yeah. Like, I got
3: his
1: jersey sitting there as well. Simon um, Dwight. Right? And with apologies yeah. to
0: Eric Watterson, Al Green and Mark Worthington. <laughs>
1: They're right. the three that I'm going All to right, All right, man. All right. Oh, yeah. is yeah, you
2: know? another one. Yeah. Sydney yeah, Kings love the way they went about Legend. For me it was Wertho or Anstey in the fourth spot.
0: Yeah, um, yep. Uh, that was fun. And look, there was a couple of other guys that only played one season that I loved too, so obviously wouldn't consider him a bit of uh Chris Jantons and Calvin Talford. So that Doug was Overton, Doug Overton, Doug Overton, we yeah. Yeah, right, that's true yeah. with the Hawks. Yep, yeah, yep. No, yeah. Very good. All right. I really so, enjoyed so, so it. So interesting,
2: that. how many of them how many, like you, you mentioned Andre LeFleur. he's another one that actually came here to play Siebel. He was playing yep. for Mount Gambier. Mm, right. yep. in, in the same way, Bruce Bolden, Bruce Bolden had a 17-year career in the NBL. Yep. He'd already sp- spent a season in Norway and a season with the Gippsland, uh, Gippsland uh, Lakers in the SEA So it's interesting how many guys actually started somewhere else and then got spotted or didn't realise maybe that there was a better competition
0: to be had very good. All right. We'll really enjoy Very doing cool. that now. So, all right. So, look, I thought we might just go – we're just going to briefly go into the Aussies in the NBA, right, Woods? I think we just we're just wanted to have a quick sort of uh, touch on that just with regards to Josh Giddy. I um, just wanted to sort of see what, you know, Body's thoughts were on Josh, maybe what Body's uh, sort of expectations were for Josh going into the season. Um, and, yeah, just to, to sort of see what your thoughts were on, on Josh.
2: I think he's doing better than we anticipated. Uh, um, faster. That's really what I'm getting at. He's, he's, he's doing it faster than what we anticipated. I thought his game uh, would translate better to the NBA than it did to the NBL because of the general degree of athleticism of his teammates, you know, so that he can he can drive. I've seen him drive baseline, draw two defenders, throw a cross-court pass to the 45. Guy catches it, hits a three. In the NBL, guy doesn't catch it. it goes out of court. It's a, it's a turnover. So his game is able to translate much better into the NBA. What he's doing... Already is what me, the fact that he's he's already getting the sort of numbers he's already tickling a triple double at this stage yeah. so early in his career that's surprising enough. I thought it would have taken a little bit longer for him to find the pace and the tempo, but but uh, no, he, he, he hasn't surprised me. But the speed with which he's done it that has surprised me. Yes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've got, I've got to, to say, you guys, I
2: watched
0: the we, you know. yeah. I was going to say, I watched the Atlanta Hawks game against OKC earlier this week and. Yeah, just so impressive. I mean, like you said, just that ability to sort of, you know, see over the defender and his passing there. Yep. And look, I think he's a little bit more athletic than what people give him credit for. He gets up, up and down the court yeah. pretty fast. There. He's not going to, you know, he's not going to be a high flyer going and dunk over, over two people, but I think his athleticism is fine. And I think he's obviously such a smart player. He'll learn this role in the NBA further. And I think we've, we've really got a good one there.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with both you guys. He had his career high, 19 today, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, with, with Shai Gilgis-Alexander out for the last few games, Giddy's been given the keys to the offense, guys, right? And uh, I know it's a small sample size, just a couple of games, but he's putting up 17, 7 and 8 averages. Uh, and then even before SJA was out, he was starting to put together. You know, this was his fifth uh, straight double-digit scoring game. Mm. I mean, you know, the assist will come, and he's a terrific rebounder from the point guard position, but it's nice to see him scoring. You know, his three balls getting better every day, and... Yeah. Uh, man, he's exciting, yeah. as man. He's he could be our greatest ever player once it's all done. You know, so no,
2: that's a good uh, call. Well, the, the thing that's the, the thing that's interesting is that I'm sure neither of you rated OKC at the start of the season. No. You wouldn't have rated I still don't, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but 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 geez, they've got six. What? How many wins they got up? Six or eight or something? They're, oh,
1: they're they, way better than they were way better than we thought. I agree yeah, with that. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 yeah.
0: Definitely. Uh, good call. And Woods, I believe you wanted to sort of say something quickly on a guy that's a bit of a hero for you, too. Um, that's an Aussie in the NBA, but well, you're probably not going to be as complimentary as you well, normally are about well,
1: it. Well, right? you know, I love this guy, but you know, I just told you, you know, uh, Josh Giddy's had five consecutive double digit scoring games, right? Mm. But uh, my man, Jingles, Joe Ingles, has only hit double figures once in his last 10 games. I'm just going to throw some, some facts out to you guys. You know, he's disappointed me this season. You know, he looks lost in the court, extremely timid. I remember his first couple of seasons with the Jazz, he was like that. Almost refused to take shots at times. Um, I'm not sure what's going on with him. We may just be seeing the decline with that age. He's 34 now. Um, I've always said with Mike Conley and him playing together, I just don't like it, you know? Sometimes Joe just disappears when Conley's on the court, you know? We may just be seeing the decline in his production. You've got Rudy Gay coming back now. So, I mean... Give me your thoughts, man. Give me your thoughts. You agree with me on this? It, it just could be his age? Or... He
0: definitely has looked a bit down this year. But look, I, I agree with the, the sort of Mike Connolly thing yeah. there. I think we saw, you know, the times when Connolly goes out, Ingles comes into the lineup and he looks fine out there. So, yeah, maybe he's not sort of just handling the role. I think they're probably a lot deeper Utah as well this year. So they're probably not relying on him as much maybe as in, in the past couple of seasons. But, yeah, that's probably probably my take on, on Joe Ingles. That must have been hard for you to say
1: that, right, Woody? Oh man, it was because I love the I love the man, you know, he's an idol of mine, so yeah. Bonnie, well, what do you what do you think? Do you put any do,
2: I was gonna say, do you put any store in the fact that for what twelve years and a bunch of Olympic Games the goal was to get a medal? Yeah. And they've achieved it. And he he may be suffering from the equivalent of a premiership hangover, sort yeah. of thing. That yeah. we finally got there. He played a he played a very good second half in he did. that in that final uh, in that bronze medal game. You know, he he left it all out there. He didn't do the shy away from the open shot. He took them. He He had that twenty six point first half, and then created for others. And and Joe was one of the ones he created for. Who yep. made the shots. So now you've reached that 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 high that you've been aiming for since well, I don't know what, Beijing was his first Olympics? So 2008 yep, it was. Yeah, through yeah. 2021. That's a 13-year span of disappointment, really, of some great performances, but ultimately disappointment. And now you've hit that spot where we made it. You know, maybe you rock back into Utah and you're just not quite as focused yes. on the jazz as you, as you maybe should be. And and as you say, we were at 34. This is a period of time where you probably can't afford to be a bit off his game. but but I, I just wonder if that, that has any kind, of, um, that. any kind of impact or that
1: has had any kind of impact. You may be right, body, And for, for us Australians, the international game and the Olympics um, representing country means a lot more than it does to say, you yeah. know, the Americans, yeah. right? So yeah, um, that's the pinnacle for, for us, not an NBA championship, so to speak, yeah. right? So yeah. that could, that could yeah. be the case. And I wouldn't mind seeing him back in Australia and this being potentially his last contract. He probably will get picked up for a couple more years, but we'd love to see him back in you know southeast Melbourne potentially, or or Adelaide when he's an Adelaide boy originally as well from Happy Valley, am I right?
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, I, I, yes, play for the Southern Tigers, uh, um, yeah. but I don't. Yeah, these uh, indications are in that have been. In the last few years, then he would go back and stay in Melbourne, given that his, mm-hmm. his wife is from Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. A lot, right. their, a lot of their support would be there too. I mean, I mean, he's got family in Adelaide, obviously. But, you know, um, I'd, I'd be surprised if he came to Adelaide. I'd be a yeah. lot more... Uh, South East Melbourne, I reckon,
3: is where he You could try and get one of those That's jelly some, contracts, right? Uh-huh. Yeah.
1: Get one of those jelly <laughs> contracts and come back. I believe Kyle, Kyle Adnan <laughs> is with his sister. <laughs> Kyle Adnan is... Engaged to assist, uh, his oh, sister, his sister, or something right, like that, yeah. right? That's yeah, that's great. Yeah, that, so, that's, yeah. Great.
2: yeah. yeah. Right.
1: No, that's that's yeah. a
0: good one, Woody. Good one. Um, well, look, um, body, this is the part of the, the show where Woody basically just carries on like a little kid oh. and opens his pack of NBA cards and gets oh, all excited. God, you can bored. see it now. Back and it. Yeah, that going oh. be fun. So, all right, Woods, well, over to you, mate. The classic all right. pack segment.
1: So I'll tell you the rules, Body. I'll just open up a pack of cards and I'll put put the pack to the camera, and then you guys just tell me a little bit about what you think. And Hey, hey, listen, it's only fitting the first car that I pull It's not Woody, but it's it is Woody, it's Mike Woodson. Oh, wow, that's a good one. Yeah. Is, that, is that a name knows, you remember? Uh, yeah, everyone knows yeah. Mike
0: Woodson as a coach now, but yeah, that's a random one going back, isn't it? I don't wow. really remember was much about part of that. Uh, was he maybe... part
1: of their championship? Uh, was he part of their
0: championship? Might have been a bit before that before, I think maybe... just before, yeah. just yeah.
1: before, right? All right, this is what I remember: Washington Bullets, Purvis. Ellison, ooh,
0: never nervous, Purvis. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he was very <laughs> highly regarded out of college, wasn't he? Didn't quite have the career that people expected.
3: No, but... no,
1: they didn't. <laughs> no, yeah. uh, trust you to good. laugh, buddy. Uh, is that his nickname,
2: Never Nervous Purvis? Yeah. <laughs> 1991
1: one. hoops. Just to confirm, guys, I know. Yeah. It's, oh, okay, this is awesome, and he's been in the news lately. We've talked about him on the show a lot. Robbie absolutely loves this guy. Not. Scotty Pippen, mm. yeah. Oh, yeah. why have you gone off
0: him? Why have you gone uh, off I, was nev- I was never post- on Scotty Pippen. Post- I don't know. i just not a big fan. I think it was probably because I was such a Dominique fan and I thought he was a, a better small forward. That probably came down to it, but yeah, I just thought probably Pippen was a little bit overrated. Oh. And now he's going on like a pork chop. When he's oh, look at this. We yeah. talked
1: about him yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> the last like three weeks, we have <laughs> yeah. not pulled a hawks card oh, well i, I got a hawks card, card for you Finally. and i got one that Buddy's gonna love as well right <laughs> who do i have glenn doc rivers, on Glen
0: rivers. Nice. oh
3: my god <laughs>
0: i'm loving the glenn rivers bit as <laughs> oh, well my because god. i didn't call that for a while you
1: know i catch yeah, up yesterday
0: so many, so many people don't even know the glenn no, yeah.
2: that's yeah. Old, everyone god. thinks he's doc it's glenn
1: yep. love that old yep. hawks yep. logo as well Oh, this is good because we saw his son play today. He is affectionately referred to as the mitten. But before the mitten, there was the rookie of the year, the rookie from the 1990 season, Gary the Glove Payton. Rookie card. He might be able to retire on that
0: one, Woods. I like that. Wow. I don't know who he's calling there, but he's looking pretty happy about it. Probably calling
1: Sean Kemp, man. Yeah, where you at, man? I'm coming to Georgia. Yeah. 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 I want to love your ball. Maybe <laughs> Nate McMillan, right? Uh, rest <laughs> in peace to this guy. Not only was he a great basketball player, he was a, a contestant on Survivor. Can you believe it? Oh, wow.
0: Uncle Cliff. Uncle, Uncle Cliff. All right. Cliff Robinson. And that's a rookie card. Of it roof, is an right?
1: Uncle Cliff rookie card. Yeah. Wow. I like Gone too soon. Gone too soon. Yeah, until definitely cliff, rest in peace to Cliff. Had a great
3: career.
1: And he was actually... One of the original stretch stretch four fives, you know? Mm. You know he picked up that three point shot and in the early noughties and loved him. Loved him, right? That's a good one. This is
0: way better than that uh, pack we had last time for the 90 91 cards. Okay.
1: Right? This is a guy that I don't even know. And you're <laughs> an encyclopedia, but he's an encyclopedia. Jerome Lane? Oh, from yeah. the Denver Nuggets?
0: Oh. Yep, I do remember him. Yeah, he was in those run-and-gun sort of days where they just used to yeah. you know, score 160 points a game. Yeah, and stuff like un, un, so.
1: under, under Doug Moe's tutelage, yep, yep. right? Um, that was the team. What, right? did <laughs> what did you think of that uniform? What oh, did you think of that uniform? I loved it. Did you know? Woody's what, what got so an Alex English jersey. I've got an Alex, in, I've got like an like Alex English yeah. jersey in the same, same yeah. uniform. Like that? Oh, yeah, the yeah, same yeah. So, well, if you don't like it, let us know, Woody. Let us know. No, I just thought
2: it. I just thought it was too colourful. Yeah, yeah. Too well,
1: I'm a colourful guy, man. You know, I like to be the centre yeah, of I'll, attention, buddy. Not, like not, like not like you don't, right? Man. So come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Indiana Pacers. Mike Sanders.
0: Ooh, yeah, Mike Sanders. I do remember him. Did he play, Maybe play for the Cavs as well, Woods? I don't know. If he, did so Cavs, he did play for the Cavs. Robbie How I could I ever Bay get right? one
1: past you, Robbie Clayton? Yeah, you know uh, you are the man, bro. Right? I can never get one yes. past you. Okay, this is unbelievable. <laughs> but it is a checklist card of Larry oh. Bird.
0: Oh, okay, well that's not a yeah, proper checklist. But it's oh, a it's Boston a
1: Celtics one. card. It's a checklist Boston Celtics char uh, card. It's a Boston Celtics checklist card. And what do we do with checklist cards? Yeah. What would Lee Ellis? So, what would Lee Ellis from No to, No Dunks tell us to do? You right better now show or body or... what
0: you're going to do with that, Woods.
1: All right. Oh.
2: <laughs> no, Larry. Yeah, it's gone. Well, yeah, that's a Larry.
0: Yeah, it is
2: a
1: checklist card. I tell you, you,
2: you know how I said before that I would love to see a one-on-one between Leroy Loggins and R- Rob Rose in their prime? I'd mm-hmm. love to see a one-on-one with Larry Bird and LeBron James in their prime, Ooh, prime good because call. Uh, you know, I, I think that would be really interesting. That is a good They're call. strong, similar. I mean, I know they, they involve other players, so one-on-one isn't, isn't you know necessarily their strength, but I'd still
0: like to see it. Yeah. I reckon Larry Bird would be talking a bit in that matchup too, right? Yeah. Yeah,
2: and I reckon it would work. Uh, he'd, he'd end up getting a nail in the eye and cutting one
3: Hey, that,
1: that wasn't a Larry Bird card. It was just Larry Bird on the front of a Boston that's Celtics very very checklist right. card. And and Lee Ellis okay. from Road that's his rule, right, Robbie? And we've, got rule. Like up, right? Yeah. we've got nah, to keep it up, right? We've got to keep it up. Oh, agree. you know, this is my guy. Hey, buddy, <laughs> if I ever have a son, Robbie says I should name him oh, this. No. Okay? I should I name him says, this. Okay? Okay. Mookie Blaylock, right?
0: Mookie Blaylock. Blaylock. If I I ever have a
1: son, everyone is listening. Robbie says I should name him Mookie. Is that right, Robbie? That's right, mate.
0: I think he made our top three for our favorite ever Atlanta Hawks players. He was number two for me, I think, from memory. One of the best um, defenders as well that's played that position in the NBA. He was just a, a master at getting steals there. So that's a great card there.
1: And give us an interesting fact about Mookie Blaylock.
0: Oh, what, the whole, um, the whole Pearl Jam thing, right?
3: Yeah, say that. Yeah, so
0: basically Pearl Jam were actually going to call themselves Mookie Blaylock. I'm not that much of a fan of him. They decided to stick with the Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam <laughs> name, but they actually did have an album that was named 10, which was um, named after the number that Mookie wore all his career there. So, yeah, a bit of a fun fact. All right. Big shout
2: out to Mookie, Mookie Skirali, uh, who used to write a, a stern warning and it
1: was a big Sydney Kings fan.
0: Nice, nice. I don't
1: know if you guys know him, but if, if much love him, to man. Mookie. All right, Charlotte Hornets, Johnny Newman.
0: Oh, Johnny Newman. Yep. Yeah, he wasn't too bad a player. I don't have much, much facts on hand about him. Um, I remember yeah. him. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Okay, we all remember this guy, man. Five foot ten. Dana Barros. Ooh, Dana
0: Barros, mate. One of my yeah. favorites.
1: Yeah, you got his jersey, yeah. right?
0: Dana Barros. I've got two Dana Barros jerseys, believe it or not.
1: Woods, Yeah, you know, I love those three-point
0: shooters, and he was yeah, an I amazing know. shooter. So.
1: I know, dog. I know, dog.
0: And <laughs> How many rookie cards did you get in this pack? What's I got so right?
1: many, man. I got so many. This is awesome. Do you want any of these? Do you want me to give you any of these?
0: Uh, we'll probably fight over the Mookie like we'll, we'll have a competition to see if can get that one.
1: All right. Roy Hinson. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. New Jersey pass, Nets. Pass as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we got a Pistons take a 3 1 lead against Portland in the NBA playoffs card, right?
0: Interesting.
1: That was the year the Pistons won, right? Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. No. Yeah, 19- yeah. yeah. yeah it yeah. was. Yeah. It would have to be if it was the final. Yeah. 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 Oh, I was 89 the year before, right? So just before Bulls took on the Lakers in 1990, was it? 1991? Yeah. Yeah. I remember so Joe, Joe won the year was before. in that series. Yeah. yeah and and uh, Jordan went back to the drawing board and came back in the next year, right? Mm-hmm. That was it. Yeah. Rest yeah. is history, right? Rest is history. Yeah. And we talk about unless you're Scotty
2: Scottie Pippen, because then it
1: can change. The yeah, can change. that's right. <laughs> and we talk about one of the greatest coaches of all time, man. And we talk Chris about Ford. that. No, we talk about that. Two thousand and four. <laughs> uh, you know, give me oh, yeah. give me a fun fact about Larry Brown, man.
0: Larry Brown. Well, yeah, he's coached just about everyone that can be coached, right? I think he's actually um, being an assistant coach for Memphis with Penny Hardaway this year, right? He's um. Penny Hardaway got him to sort of come out of retirement and be a bit of a like a consultant type sort of thing there. But, yeah, Larry Brown. I know Jalen Rose is um, is not a fan of Larry Brown because he never played him when oh, he was I, him, but
3: yeah.
1: Yeah, I know no, Daka Milicic isn't either. Right? No, that's true. Look <laughs> at that old
0: Spurs logo as well in that card. It's
1: lots of colour in that. Man, when I actually got basketball cards in nineteen ninety ninety one, my dad used to go to the USA and bring back packs of hoops for me. I remember this card from 30 years ago. Yep, I've yep. got it somewhere in my folder. Really? <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I remember this very card. 20,
2: 21 years ago, 21 years ago at the Sydney Olympics, he was Rudy Tomjanovic's um, assistant coach mm, of the yep. USA team. Yep. And uh, there was a, a game against Lithuania that they were very, very lucky to get out of. Um, and there was a late timeout and Larry took over the timeout. He basically bumped Rudy out and wow. <laughs> took over the timeout <laughs> so that they could run a play. And win the game because um, yeah, it was, they were on the verge of getting knocked out, and, yeah, and good they had been the so team. cocky all week. All, all week they've been so cocky that they just oh, the thought of getting knocked out <laughs> was, was anathema. It was really good. It was good that was a night Lithuania was playing so well that they, they really hadn't drawn a big crowd. There were a lot of people in the Olympic precinct that were attending, you know, other things, athletics, gymnastics, whatever, other things. And and as this game wore on. The crowd just built because it was obvious that Lithuania was not going to go away in this game. And um, in actual fact, they had a—I think they had a three-point lead. And one of their uh, shooters, who I, I'm not going to name because he's had to live with this for the rest of his life, he had he found on a three-point shot. And he went to the line, he missed all three. Would have put him, I think, six up. And in, the, in the, inside the last minute, they would have got it. Um, and he, he short-armed all three. Poor, poor bugger. And USA gets out of it, but largely because wow. Larry Brown takes over the timeout. Yeah.
0: Very good. Good fact on that one. Is that it, Woods? Is that it? That, that's, your pack? it. That's, that's it. That's it. That's no, my like pack, it. man. I like it. That was a great pack. That was fun though, it. right? That was that fun, was. right? We had some good names there, didn't we? So <laughs> a lot of people are still sort of relevant today. So no, lots of fun as always, um, Woods. So all right. That pretty much takes us to the outro. And look, just wanted to, I guess, firstly, thank um, Body for being so gracious with your time there. We do really appreciate it. It's been, been really oh, fun, fun today, sort of going through this. So, so much I guess. Fun. Yeah, and Woody, did you have any corrections from last week? I know you're Uh always very honest. If you make a mistake, you like to own up to it. So any corrections?
1: I I do. And I I know on last week's show with Joseph, I mentioned that Jimmy Rogers passed away. I'm very sorry to the whole of the Rogers family. He is still... Alive and well, oh, right, uh, Robbie? You know? yes. uh, I, I got that wrong. I got that wrong,
0: man. Yeah, so of course Jimmy Rogers, yeah, <laughs> won six titles as an assistant coach—three with the Celtics, three with the Bulls—and yeah, he is very much alive. So that's um, that's a good correction there, was very good. All right, well, look, wow. I just wanted to that's I guess, good. really, thank. Oh, wow. <laughs> at least we, at least we came clean, though, right, body. We could have just left
1: that one out there, but you know, like... Robbie said me. Robbie yeah. said no one would notice, I, I, man. I, yeah. But yeah. I had to, to complete. I just, I just
2: tell you a quick story. In, in seventy two, the only South Australian in the Olympic team um, for Munich was a guy called Glenn Marsland, a very good player for West Adelaide. And uh, some some years ago, about a decade ago, Basketball Australia put out this thing called First Five. They were trying to find all the players that had represented Australia at any at anything, Oceania, any sort of tournament. And it, in this particular program that they sent out, uh, it had at the back. Um, who had died, and they had Glenn Marsden. that was, rest in peace, Glenn Marsden. He was uh, working up in Cairns at that time, and um, I knew his ex-wife, so I I rang Mary and said, Mary, um, has has Glenn passed away? She said, well, look, I know of. Um, I said, have you got a number for him? She gave me a number. I rang it. It's ringing. It's ringing. It's ringing. Someone picks it up. (laughs) I said, oh, um, I don't know if I've got the right number. I'm I'm hoping to find Glenn Marsden because, I, I believe you may have passed away. He says, oh, yeah. he says, I've just done a 10K run. I think I might be about to pass away. <laughs> so <I'm>
3: very good. <laughs>
2: He was okay and he's still alive today, thank goodness. Thanks for thank rubbing goodness. salt
1: into the wound. Thanks, thanks, right. thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolute pleasure. <laughs> no, great
0: story. Great story. Oh look, I just wanted to just confirm where you can find us. Um look, we sort of go through these just quickly, sort of at the end of each episode. But look, obviously, if you're not following us on Twitter, uh, we're at throwbackshoots. Um check out the, the Twitter site there. We'll you obviously be it? posting, yeah, posting photos of the you know the jerseys we wear and sort of all those sort of things we show show off there um look if you want to sort of um find us on instagram with throwback.hoops i know woody's been adding some some stuff to the instagram account this week and lastly i guess our email address is the throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com i just wanted to say on that one as well we are going to be having a bit of a viewer questions type episode coming up in a few weeks so yeah if anyone's got some questions they would like um woody and i to sort of cover there feel free. It could, just, it could be anything, NBL, NBA, anything you want us to sort of go through there, and we'd be, we'd be sort of happy that, uh, to answer those. So I just wanted to see, uh, body, um obviously thanks so much for coming on the show. and just wanted to see if you enjoyed yourself. No worries. Absolutely, yeah. Um,
2: talking basketball, you know, basketball is, is my second life, and I'm happy to talk about it at any time with anyone. So and especially two guys that are obviously as passionate as you two. This has been a lot of fun for me, and I, I really hope you enjoy the book. And oh,
1: uh, yeah, will you buy your own? I'll, I'll, I'll buy my own. I'll buy my own. I'm going uh, go to start on it tonight <laughs> after dinner,
0: body. So I'll get the little ones to bed and I'll start reading that. And, and, body, where can sort of people sort of, you know, Excellent. find your work and, you know, your podcast sort of details and everything else like that?
2: Um, we've got the Brad and Body podcast with Brad Rosen, which is uh, on Twitter. You can find us at, at Brad and Body, uh, B-O-T-I. Um, I've got my website, www.bodynodge.com, dot com. Um, it's called Basketball on the Internet, which people eventually work out is B O T I, um, although a lot of people don't ever see it. Um, and that's mainly where you can get get my stuff. I also, also do some work with the Radio t- Tab on uh, on Wednesday mornings at around about 8 a.m. SA time and Queensland time, but I don't, That's SA, Queensland, Northern Territory, in Tasmania get that.
3: So that's that's
2: that's where you can find me, and you can find my book in Dimmicks, And if you can't, then ask for it and they'll I'll order it in for it. Exactly. Yeah, really I think we'll, put on twist. we'll post yeah, on Twitter we'll, a little we'll bit about it Twitter so like little our little audience run. know
1: where they can find it on Facebook and on Instagram as well. So that'd be good. And we'll body, that, I have
0: yeah. one really, really important right. question before we let you go. Um, I'm trying to get some tips yeah. on moustaches, right? I know you're obviously the man to sort of ask about <laughs> that. So you have got, got any tips for growing the perfect moustache? What do you
3: reckon?
2: I think the, the, the key to getting your moustache to be the way you want it to be first of all you, you need to stroke it a lot and I, I think you find if you stroke it a lot it'll just go up by itself uh, hey,
0: we're still talking about moustaches
2: right? <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. i'm not sure
1: <laughs> hey, hey listen man i'm definitely the best looking one out of the three of you man <laughs> No, ain't, no hobby, that, yeah, ain't no doubt in that, no, man. Ain't right? no doubt in that, man, all right? So, no, you know, mate, no. you two giving me shit about being a Sydney fan, all that, man, you know, come on, right? Like, <laughs> get rid of your moustaches. That's what I say, right?
0: It's get November, mate. It. Oh,
1: this is November, yeah. yeah. Yeah, this yeah, all is right. November. Although, as Woody will say, I've had
0: this for a couple of months now. So
1: December 1st, get rid of it, right? Get rid of it. Go for the goatee. Go for the goatee, all right? Look, this one's a really...
0: Sorry, buddy, you go. Okay. That's
2: all right. No, no, that's no, okay. No, I just got the <laughs> oh, uh, flavor no. saver. That's
0: all. It's been great fun today. I really enjoyed oh, this. And, man. buddy, we'd love to have you you back at a later date. Oh, you know, hell yeah. Sort of hell keep yeah. You can touch and everything like that there. And, um, yeah, just wanted to really thank everyone from the Throwback Hoops, Hoops crew for sort of. TBHR me,
1: me. Much Absolutely. love.
0: Yeah. Can't wait to do it again next week. And, yeah, peace out to everyone.
1: Much love, peeps. Thanks, guys. See you guys. Thank you.